1: To getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen
5: to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: The Elevation with Stephen Furtick Podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yo, 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 welcome to What's Up There Podcast. I am your active and attractive host for another episode of the fastest growing podcast on the market right now. You know the vibration is high on this side. I talk to everybody in the culture that has a voice. I'm instrumental in understanding the ingredients, right? So what I'm doing right now today is I pulled up on somebody that has built themselves a weld old machine, Adam22. What's going on, my brother? I ain't living, my guy. Chilling, man. Just chilling, brother. I appreciate you uh, having me in, in the compound. It's a beautiful spot.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. We've only been in here maybe like two, three months at this point, uh, we were in like a much much smaller space, and just kind of had to make the decision to go all in and buy this shit. So that was probably the biggest purchase I ever made in my life, and it seems like it's paying off. You know, we're like a lot more productive in here, a lot more room for all the employees to be able to work, be able to record, you know, three four pieces of content at the same time. So it's, it's definitely helping us get going to the next level.
1: Right. Um.
2: How How smaller was the spot before here in comparison? Spot before was probably about like this wall to that wall. Seriously. I mean, maybe a little bigger, but it wasn't like it was much smaller. It was like two small right. ass rooms. But we, we've we had five spots over the years. Started in the back of a bike shop. Then we moved to the back of a slightly bigger bike shop. Then we got a, a separate sp- a space on Santa Monica Boulevard. And then we got like an, another spot in the valley. And then this is our, our new one that we realistically probably will be at for like at least, you know, four or five years or something like that. Right. I mean, it's a large investment. Is it hard running this around here? Uh, hard i mean kind of i have a lot of people on the team at this point you know which i really think is like pretty much the most important thing if you're going to try to build something that's bigger than just a that's bigger than just you making content is that you got to start building your team like literally the first thousand dollars you start making a month from your content you should be thinking how can i spend higher? how yeah. can i spend that thousand dollars to make my job easier and make my time better spent right? you know right, what I'm saying right? because time is so important especially dealing
1: with this you need time to research you need time to develop skill and style yeah. right cause interviewing just ain't and, and that's one thing about you right um, and of course I know the coaches here they, they said I want you to talk to them about a number of things and we are gonna talk about all of those mm-hmm. things but you're a guy who when I see you interview I can appreciate the style right it's Mm -hmm. not some people don't understand it right we'll get to the drill shit later but i'm saying just far as pure d interview style Mm -hmm. i say this dude knows what he's doing right you pause you you just your style how did you how did you develop that
2: um i honestly think that it's just from experience of watching shitloads of other podcasts and also just being like a really relentless critic in the sense that, you know, that's pretty much how I've been my whole life. I'll be listening to a rapper and they could be one of the greatest rappers all time. And I'll still be thinking, this song sucks. You know, I don't like how they said this bar right here. I don't like, you know, I hate this intro. I hate, I hate the, the fact that this album's too long, you know, like I've always been that person where I just like have always just been like a relentless critic of myself and others. And still to this day, I'll be listening to a Joe Rogan podcast and I'll find myself thinking this sucks you know like 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 a random part of it and i I might think the whole thing is dope right but i'll be like this 10 15 minutes right here should have done i I don't like this This, he should have done this he should have done that now do i have any business telling one of the most successful podcasters of all time how to do their job no not really but i do that same shit to myself where before i sit down with somebody the question is not like what can we talk about because realistically me and you could have a good conversation about about all our favorite fast food spots. Exactly. But who the fuck, are we specialized in talking about that? Right. No, we're not. It's just like, it, it, it would be okay. But and, and somebody who's a diehard fan of you or a diehard fan of me we'll might fuck with it. That, right? But realistically, it's like the most, I, I try to get to the root of what is the most important thing. What's the most interesting thing? And sometimes people would be shocked because I'll leave out something that's like kind of a big deal about an artist. But it's like, bro, if I don't think it's interesting or if I think that the video that Vlad already did talking about it is already like, I'm not going to do a better job talking about it or whatever. You know, it's like, to me, it's like, let's keep it interesting. And and that's like that OJ one that we were just talking about, OJ yeah. the Juice Man. It's yeah. like, I felt like I really, I've seen him do a bunch of interviews, but I felt like I hit on a bunch of different things that he got very uh, passionate about that really kind of gave that interview like a different feel. And I see it in the comments and I see the comments being like, oh man, like, I ain't watched a good No Jumper interview in a month, two months, rah, 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 But this this is the one. This is right. one of the best. You know, like I'm so addicted to that feeling too. of just wanting people to have a great experience watching my shit. That right. I I want to live up to that. So that's why I can't help but read the comments and read the the chat and just take it in. Me too, man. And and I think it's so important. You know, we may be unique in
1: that. You know, a lot of people shy away from the comments, shy away from the critique. Mm-hmm. For me, I understand that that's the only way we get to the next level, especially yeah. for me on myself, right? And um, with that OJ the Juice Man interview, it was interesting because what I also think lends itself to great content is people wanting to come to the platform. Mm. And it was clear that he had a certain level of respect for what it is that you've done. Right. And so that always sh- shines
2: bright in the interview as well. Yeah, yeah, because like I felt like... The best interviews are the ones where you really love the person, where you're such a big fan, you have so much respect for them because they just, it becomes hard to give a bad interview when you know that the person who's interviewing you really just fucks with you. And with the OJ thing, I just started out. I was like, listen, here's a little story about a time in 2009 when I saw you perform at the very beginning of your career. Let let me tell you about this random video. I remember from back in the day, yada, yada. Just keep hitting them over the head with the shit that shows that I have an actual respect for him. Because it's easy for a rapper if they do it, if they sit down and get asked some bullshit-ass question, it's easy for them to start treating the interview like a joke and not care and not really give anything of themselves. But respect will get you so far because I've seen – I've seen Snoop Dogg, or actually this is, a, this is just an example because I can't remember if it's a real thing or not, but I, like somebody like Snoop Dogg will sit down and do an interview with Larry King, right? And La- Larry King's like ancient right. fucking CNN yeah, interviewer yeah, just yeah. for anybody who doesn't know, right. but like Larry King will say some shit that I can never say. Yeah. He'll say, what's, what's it like being a crip? Just straight out, one line. I can't say that. That's a retarded question coming from me because I'm just too, I know too much. Right. But because Jay-Z has a lot of respect for Larry King, or Snoop Dogg has a lot of respect for Larry King, he'll sit there and he'll- Get entertained. He'll give you a real fucking answer. He'll try to explain it to your old ass, knowing that you're 80 years old or whatever. It's just the dynamics
1: are completely different too. Like you said, just that- you, intru- you really don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I can I can assume that anyway, Let, even yeah. if you do know. But if you're 80, I can assume you may be disconnected from that.
2: Right. But if you ask it, it's more so like, what you trying to get to with that? I like, saw Snoop Dogg doing an interview with Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan said, so is the East Coast, West Coast beef still a thing? Yeah. And Just I, flat out one I, line. I, I was laughing because, like, to me, that's a crazy thing to say. You're right. talking about some murders that happened, like, literally, like, almost thirty years ago. Long time. That yes, they rocked hip hop, but no, there's no East Coast, West yeah, there, Coast. That's, no, that's not. Yeah, yeah, it's over But but Snoop Dogg sat there and gave him a real answer because it's Joe Rogan right, you know? right, respects right. him enough to break it down for him.
1: Right, and then, and that's what I'm saying, and that, and that shines bright. And I'm I have that in the culture, right? That everybody's reaching out to me. i have not. I've not reached out to nobody. You know what I'm saying? It's been like people are saying, man, the way you talk, what you talk about, we fuck with that. And I think when you have that culture equity, that puts you in a very unique place. Mm -hmm. You've been able to get that culture equity, but you've been faced with criticism as well. Mm -hmm. People tend to call you a clout chaser. What's your definition of a clout chaser?
2: Uh, well, we're all clout chasers. Uh, spoiler alert for everybody out there is that if you're making online content, I mean, even the best content creators, when you look at somebody like, like I, I have huge amounts of respect for drink champs, but are they clout chasing when they have Kanye on knowing that he's kind of in this crazy part of his life or that he's likely to say something crazy on camera? I mean, you could kind of frame that in a way and say, well, look, Nor- Nori was just running after the views, running after the money, running after the whatever. And I mean, there's a little bit of truth to that, you know, in the same way that, you know, if somebody's popping off going super viral and I, I manage to get an interview with them
4: but at, at the but, right but, time,
2: but, sure. But but then also I interview people who are nobodies and sometimes they will get hundreds of thousands or millions of views right. because I have a fucking viewpoint that allows me to see value in people that other people don't exactly. see. But we're, exactly, exactly. The,
1: with the clout chasing thing or with, with the interview aspect of that, right? When mm-hmm. you say from an interview perspective, when I deal with you or, or deal with what's been said about you, they more so, I think, Come from a titling or a question True, yeah. perspective on you, right? It's not necessarily that the whole interview is a clout chase move, right. but there's times in which you'll title these things or maybe ask these questions that people view as clout chasing. But I want to know your definition of clout chasing before we have a conversation even about why they consider that to be the case, to even know if you frame it that way.
2: I mean, clout chasing, yeah, it's like just, if I had to define it, it would just be like basically relentlessly seeking clout and attention by any means possible. And I've seen this play out in all kinds of nasty ways where, you know, I've seen grown ass men like basically just like following like little kid rappers around to just try to like get some kind of clout off right. them. And that and that, and that was like a big criticism that got thrown at me when people saw me go on tour with Lil Pump. They're like, oh, look at you hanging out with these like 16, 17, 18 year old kids, yada, yada. I'm like, oh, that's like that's a decent criticism. But there was clout
1: chasing. Would True. you say?
2: True, but also, like, okay, to me, clout chasing, my life would be more of a clout chasing thing if I were to go to the club every night and just be trying to talk to all these rich, famous people, yada, yada, and, like, trying to, you know, really, like, be up in the mix and stuff. To me, my life would be more about, like, clout chasing if every interview we did was only with somebody who was, like, viral as fuck at that moment when in reality, I mean, we do interviews with people all the time who are at the beginning of their career, the middle of their career, the end of their career, you know, like... I mean, I don't really like feel like we are clout chasers. I don't think that's like a very good term to use to describe right. us. Yeah, even though it, it does happen, you know. For I, sure. I, I
1: won't I won't say that you're a clout chaser, right? That's that's I would say that's a reach because again, I did speak to the value of your interviewing mm-hmm. style. So I couldn't just call you a clout chaser, because that would mean I would get nothing else out of the content. Right. Right. But we asked each other because I seen let's talk about the Joe Button thing when you went up and spoke with Joe and they tried to pin you to the wall right right how, how did you feel about the conversation with him
2: triumphant i felt great i felt like holy shit i just walked in here into the lion's den i'm not in my city i'm in a fucking basement in queens with four dudes who are all dead set on wearing my ass out you know like a little war of attrition you go for three and a half hours however long it was you know Maybe somebody's doing good in the beginning And then they start to fade as it goes right. And the whole time I was like Nah I'm doing this Like I'm, I'm running this shit Like I'm actually like I know that I'm gonna win the comments section
3: Danielle Moody here Host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year And what a year it has been Every weekday I navigate our rapidly changing world Alongside our series of fabulous expert guests Woo! Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: That's right.
4: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves.
0: Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Eva DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeart Media. Welcome to Math and Magic: Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. And the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And then I even said that to Joe at one
2: point. I said, like, you really think that you're going to take a W in the comments after this? And he was like, yes. He was, like, fucking totally offended (laughs) by the idea that I thought that I was taking the W. And then, sure enough, I mean, the proof was in the pudding, which it is what it is, but it's also, like, I just felt like, Joe is this old school ass commentator who, who feels like he's above doing some of the clickbait stuff or asking certain type of questions or whatever. But really what you're telling me is that you're you think that you're above you think that your desire to be respectable and to be viewed in a certain way when you're doing your content should basically like come before doing what the fans want to see because and that's the main message that i got from the reactions from the fans is like adam's asking the shit that we actually want to know about why the fuck are you trying to stand in his way these people are grown-ass men answering these questions if adam wants to ask them about some beef they got whatever i mean this is the lifeblood of hip-hop is controversy beef competition etc now obviously back in the day in the 80s and 90s it was a lot more we're competing on raps and now a lot of times, like when we talk about NBA YoungBoy versus Lil Durk, nobody's talking about who's the better rapper. I mean, some fans are, but that's that's clearly not like what this is based on. This is a real beef, you know. But I'm saying like that's just uh, you know, if if I had NBA YoungBoy right now, I'd say you know why why are you smoking on O-Block Pack? Why why are you why are you uh, what's your problem with these guys? Yada yada. I would ask the shit the fans want to hear, and it's on you to give me an answer that basically says. However much or however little you want to say, because it's going to be straight up easy as fuck for you to dance around that question. If you, you say, you know, and young boy might sit there and say, what's O-Block? What, what, little, right. He little can get around guy. it. He I, can, I, he can, I, can I, get around
1: it. What, yeah, what yeah. I think, though, and because with me, I don't see, I'm the guy that, that come in the game and ain't done none of that, right? I've mm-hmm. yet to sit with dudes and ask them certain questions. And I understand the interests of the fans, but I'm in interest of the information. Mm-hmm. Right? When I sit down with dudes, it ain't about what the fans want to hear. It's about some information because we build a new industry. Right. So I'm asking rappers how you make 10 million a year. I'm asking dudes like you how you afford to get this building and then do four and five different pieces of content a day at the same time, right? So I think there is a way to have these conversations and they be interesting to the fans without it being
2: so direct. Um, and involved with some of the messy shit, right? But that's the thing: is that from my perspective, that's a good interview. Is the one where you're direct. Direct is a very, very yeah, big di- skill di- as an interviewer. That Rick dancing around. No, it no, 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 no. Is, is the work of somebody who's not no that comfortable.
1: That no, no. That Rick is one thing but we added something direct to the mess, mm-hmm. right? I'm direct to the information. Right. So we both direct, right? And nobody's saying don't be direct. We saying let's figure out directly where we're going.
2: So I'm asking directly to the messy shit could be considered. Okay, but let, let me just put it in perspective like this. If I was doing a, a little dark interview, and let's say that, some crazy shit happened, you know, in his old neighborhood, whatever. People got killed. All crazy shit. But it's not really, like, out there. Like, it's not it's not known people. He hasn't said anything about it in the music, whatever. But it's some crazy-ass shit. And I asked him about that. I could see that maybe being, like, a little... If you're really taking some street shit that people don't know about and bringing it to a public forum. I this is street shit. Right. But the thing about Lil Durk is that Lil Durk gets on songs and talks about how he's smoking this person and that person. And he's talking about how your homie got killed and everybody knows what fucking situation he's referring to, et cetera. So to me, I'm not bringing anything that's, Secret. Uh, let me ask so that, you I, I'm taking something that has been discussed in the music and trying to get some clarification, but really in hip hop interview, and that's the vast majority of what you're doing in general. I understand that,
1: but let me ask you this: if I take right now in the middle of this interview and start hitting myself, you, it ain't gonna bother you. You hitting ain't gonna yourself. stop me if I just start hitting myself right now. I would probably leave. You're be probably right, <laughs> I'd be and, out. And, and, and but but the but the key is is that if if Dirk or one of these rappers is talking about these things, those ramifications is what they got to deal with, mm-hmm. right? And so when you come in and make an assist and clarify what I probably had clouded up because when they do speak about it, they speak about it from a cloudy spot. Eh, A lot of these dudes, yeah, most times. Sometimes, man. These Chicago
2: guys, it ain't that cloudy.
1: If it ain't something that's that's just y'all and I already ran with, Mm. right? If it's some new little shit, if it's some, a lot of times they cloudy it up, and then here come the blog niggas, and here come the podcast niggas clarifying. Oh, he was talking about such and such. What he was saying was this and that, and when you live there, I think it's dangerous dangerous because you again
2: we just talked about how well you doing but this is the thing is i think good content is dangerous me and vlad have sat here and had these conversations about what it feels like when you're sitting in an interview with somebody who's respected who's strong who's rich who's powerful etc and you're sitting there in the interview and you got something in your mind that is the banger question, the thing that people wanna fucking know, the thing you wanna know, the thing that is gonna make all the headlines, the thing that a lot of people would be terrified to say to this person. That moment where you decide, I'm gonna fucking ask it because I care more about doing a great job in this interview. I care more about entertaining the people at home than I care about my own sense of security or my own fear. You know, see, like you, you're me and Vlad good. have a different perspective on that because we see that as a moment of us doing the hard work of asking you, the question you're, you're that pre- other people would be scared to ask. And you're pretty good at this. Thank you. But I'm pretty good at I've it. I've had plenty of time to think about it. <laughs> right.
1: But but I'm pretty good at this too. And so when you're doing this thing that I find interesting, it's a great technique, right? You're pending what you're doing next to a great job, mm-hmm. right? And I want to separate those, right. right? Even if we feel that it's a great job, mm-hmm. let's deal with that separately from the actions that's being took, So when we talk about the idea that you're going to ask a question that places someone in a situation to incriminate themselves Mm -hmm. right now, they have the ability to dance around it. Mm -hmm. But I think interesting content is dangerous as well. But what is dangerous is dangerous, messy or is dangerous breaking the code of the information? How do we get to the 100 million? Who's That's code? what's
2: dangerous. It's their what, code. When, it ain't my
1: code. Yeah, no, not your code. <laughs> what I'm, I'm saying, when we deal with each other, though, right. how did you get there? Right? You might got a little information I don't got. I might got something you don't got. We trying to get to the 100 million. 500 million on the other side. Mm. That's what's dangerous to me. Right? That's dangerous. Unlocking that wealth on the other side of the content. When we deal with... The mess, that's dangerous to who? To people that don't got to deal with it? Because whatever happened after that, Adam go home. Mm -hmm. If a nigga say he said on the interview, I'm pressing the button, Adam go do three more interviews tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So again, when you don't got to eat the cooking, when you don't got to eat the food that's being cooked, it's important to understand that. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, when we deal with it, I'm just wondering why it's dangerous. That instead of Vlad with his big platform, you with your huge, amazing platform coming together, figuring out how to do something, get a hundred million from Spotify, or why isn't that dangerous? Why is it? that we, da- we
2: don't want money from Spotify. We got, no, our, we got our own businesses, and, right? And and I'm
1: not saying I'm not saying in that way, right? I'm just saying that that's like, in, that's interesting but, too, but, but, right? But don't, di- say- don't discredit. Hold on. Don't discredit what my point because right. pin me to the Spotify right. thing. These are examples of me having access or trying to get information from the people mm-hmm. who have the biggest market share. Right, no, so but that's okay. all I'm saying.
2: My thing is that I think as a media person, as a journalist, et cetera, that yes, you do need to be kind of this thing is buzzing. You gotta be kind of tactical about how you approach conversation. And from my perspective, from Vlad's perspective, I mean, we are extremely tactical about how we approach that kind of things. I do interviews all the time where there's some big viral thing that I could easily ask somebody. And I just don't do it because I think it would be in bad taste. For instance, like I I brought this up to somebody the other day, but like the other day I was interviewing Boss Top. Boss Top was King Von's right-hand man. A, A week before that, Quando Rondo's homie had gotten killed in West Hollywood. And everybody who knows anything about oblog versus uh 4k trey it's like okay quando rondo's boy getting killed right in front of him in hollywood is like if you're quando rondo's sworn enemy then you're looking at that and you're probably what feeling right whatever you're gonna feel about it it. right now i didn't bring that up to him because i felt like that was kind of crossing the line because that question would have been straight up inviting him to shit on a dead man and that felt weird now if he when that guy had died if he had hopped on his instagram story and said hey fuck buddy yada 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 i don't fuck with him he he had it coming right rah. then i feel like that's appropriate for me to ask him that question because you already put that sentiment out there into the world but for me to do with. an interview and just put the pieces together and say hey here's this here's this open invitation to shit on this dude who, who i don't know who just got killed whatever then that that felt like it was crossing the line now i'll give you another example is i've had conversations with vlad where he's called the local police department beforehand to make sure that the case was closed before he did an interview with a rapper specifically the baby because mm. this is before the baby had done any interviews vlad called the police department to just make sure that this whole murder thing that happened in the walmart this is a closed case right this is not something that's open active that was very impressive to me because that's not something i would have thought to do right. i would have thought to myself well he's the baby's the- a grown-ass man so he if if it's a, case, a closed case or it's not, he knows. He and, definitely and, knows, and he can make the decision, right? But I Vlad, thought it was impressive that Vlad went the extra mile to make a hundred percent sure that he wasn't getting somebody to confess to something on camera that could then be used against him. I think I, I, I agree that that is a
1: monumental uh, uh, um, move, right? Mm-hmm. I, and I also think that is warranted from Vlad. The reason I say that is because he's been under a whole bunch of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. He's been viewed and mentioned to be responsible for certain things, right? And so um I think that he wears that even if he tries to ignore it and act like it don't mean nothing, I think he understands that people try to paint him a certain way whether or not that's the case or but, not.
2: But see, this is the thing and like I don't know how how long you've been doing media, would you say? Like interviews and just talking Maybe to people. Maybe 2 years. Right. To me, the deeper that I get into this and like the longer I spend watching the hip hop information online realm develop the more i'm like damn vlad knew what the fuck was gonna happen in like 2010 2011 whatever because he he got so much shit for what like titling clips about exactly what it was for dropping shit as clips instead of just dropping the whole interview like people forget that back in like 2015 the breakfast club will get a jay-z interview and title it jay-z interview right and then and now, if they get a Jay Z interview, it's, Vlad is Vlad is added to this to he, this algorithm. Thing. He saw what was happening, yeah. and he he had like many many observations about how the shit was gonna play out, and he actually had the balls to fucking do it even though he was getting so much hate for it. And all those things that he did, that he got so much shit for, are all normal now. And all these people who are like, you know, somebody like Nori, who's like a super respected hip-hop participant. He's like a legendary guy. I mean, he, he does all the same things where there's clips on his channel that have titles that are exactly like vibe clips. So it's like, I feel like, you know, there's just a, a real thirst for information from the fans out there. And that's why, like we were saying earlier, that you could sit and do an interview with me where you're talking to me about how I made... Millions of dollars and how I got this building and yada yada and it's like I, I just imagine that interview and I imagine what the title would be and I I feel like that's just not going to be as interesting to people because I've kind of already talked about a lot of that stuff and my story is not that different from like five billion other fucking people who I disagree who agree with that but, but but okay but then on the other hand when You're people do a lot of shit me, like Vlad just did an interview with me and he asked me about. Aaron Carter just died three days after you did an interview on Let's Talk About. It. He he talked to me about the Joe Budden shit. He talked like he's talking to me about a lot of mixy ass shit, but it's shit that's like recent. It's current. It really shows that he's tuned into what people are gonna want to hear me talk about. Whereas I have done a lot of interviews where I talk about business and everything, and people like that shit, but also that's kind of like its own thing. Like your come up story is its own thing versus like, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, all the messy these shit is kind of like another but thing. But you're
1: dealing with a scientist. I'm a scientist. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I I do this. I go in and out these pockets. That's why I got so many, it's so much going on around me. Mm-hmm. You know? So me, when I said my people already know, Adam must don't know long. Right. Cause my ability to do this is not the same as, and I get it. I understand. Right. A lot of the information shit is whack. For lack of a better term, right? Mm. And a lot of the content pieces where we get into the Aaron Carter death and you being the last person to sit in front of them and things like
2: that are much more interesting. But there's a balance, true, and I respect the balance. And, but I- and that's one thing I don't think I get credit for is that, like, you watch that OJ justman interview. Yes, there are a couple moments in there where I'm asking him about some viral shit, whatever. But for the most part, I think I honestly feel that I do the most in depth like spiritual ass and I'm not a spiritual person, but type interviews. Like I talk to people who are from all different walks of life in hip hop and allow them to vibe the fuck out and talk about whatever. And I feel like my interviews in a lot of ways feel like the least clout thirsty interviews that I fucking see just because I interview people all the time and feel like I get a completely different version of them than the way that they act on other platforms i saw that with oj i think about somebody like kamaya i watched a couple kamaya interviews before i interviewed her she came in and she was just fucking with me just like Talking about whatever, just being so cool. Like I was blown away by it, and that is really what I'm after. Like the clickbait shit is cool because I want to do stuff that people want to hear about. But then at the same time, See, like for me to sit in front of somebody and have a really great conversation for a couple hours is really what I'm after. And sometimes and I feel like I, I don't I'm necessarily saying. get the credit for the fact no, no, that no, I, I just I, gave I, you your credit. I, true, Listen, you, and let me you.
1: let me get you to understand this. My place in the culture, bro. They're gonna expect me to be extremely. Rough with you. Right, right. But they don't understand, if they don't know me, that it's Mm information-based. We come here to give some information to each other, right? And share some game. Whatever's happening in the world, just speak on our perspectives. That's what we come to do. Now, what I grab from what you're saying, um, again, in interest of finding the truth and understanding that I respect your interview style. I just spoke to how I understand, bro, you can do this without that, Mm. I just said it and you just said it. So what I grab from these times when you sit in front of a guy who is friends with King Vaughn and you don't go into that room, what I get from that is he can do that and still be effective. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why you don't pull from that, that, yo,
2: I don't have to live in that pocket to even have that tag on my shirt. I do it all, but also I, I want to say this is that to me I try I'm like everything about what I'm building and what I'm trying to do I'm trying to stay normal I'm trying to stay a regular ass person this is insanely important to me because I see so many people get successful and turn into weirdos and that is like if anything I'm trying to do everything I can keep keep driving a normal car dress normal act no, you know etc like I want to be a regular guy and from my it depends perspective on what regular is but when you're a regular guy and you go to get your haircut what are you talking about. You talking about who got shot, who it got ran on. off the block, who yeah. got beat up. That's from my perspective, is that That's when we I'm sit saying. down, when I'm in the group chat with the homies, what are we talking about? We're talking about who got beat up, who got like who who's going through a crazy what? breakup, their girl was talking shit about him on her story, et cetera. So to me, that is kind of like human nature in and a I lot of ways. Is to is to Definitely at least get clarity. And that's my whole thing is we're going to do a two-hour interview.
3: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke.
0: or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.
8: or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: We could talk for an hour about what it is to live a good life, how great it is to raise your kids, how great it is to have a business, to to not, you know, all all this good, healthy, hearty shit that people love. People do love to hear that. But then also it's like, hey, your girlfriend said that you beat her up on her Instagram story, homie. Like, we got to talk about this, you know? But also it's like, we don't have to. I I ask people sometimes or they'll tell me like, hey, I don't want to talk about this thing. I Bet. look at I look Easy. at
1: this entire game, bro. And when I study Rogan, they don't... It's just, bro, it's conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, it's just conversations. It ain't even all of that. It ain't even... Niggas don't have to do what it's just conversations, son. Listen, I come from where... See, in your barbershop, that's what they running. In my barbershop, when I come in, my barbershop go to talking about money. Mm. We talking about info... Listen, I put it... Anybody watching this, can't nobody dispute me. There ain't no tin on me. No way in the world. You understand? I put this on everything I love. When I come around, they talking about information. Little dude wants some more money. It's clear everywhere I go. So when I come in the barbershop, is man, what have you found out about what they did with Black Effect over there?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What Noah we making? What is re-up going to be like? Have you paid attention to Adam? He done dropped six interviews. They all got five hundred thousand or more. Right. You know that's my conversation. That's fair, yeah. And that's, so that's I'm good trying, too. right? And and so it's interesting that. It's big boy interest in that. Mm. And I have to let you know that because your platform is so big. And I find it interesting that you only can see that the content is living in a great place when you deal with things that you know are kind of edgy. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of the
2: information. But this is my thing, too, is that, you know, somebody... Uh, uh, PGF Nook is somebody who I, I, I love uh, the album he put out and everything. But he also, like, he's, he's baiting me to ask those kind of questions. Because he'll go on the record and say, GDK. And so I'm like, hey... I know what that means. Why and, you, you say that on that record? Why? I, I want to know. Like, you really you you feel like that? You would you would pop off on anybody you see, like who who's like that? Like that to me is interesting. Now, if you want to sit there and say, nah, I don't, I don't remember saying that. I would never say anything like that." I'm, right. I'm, I'm gonna let you get away with your yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, you can pull yeah, the yeah, wool yeah, over our eyes. Yeah. It's fine. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna press the issue crazy. Yeah. But it's like if you put it in a song, I get to me. It. That's like, yeah. I'm and, ask and you I what have it to mean.
1: respect the fact that there's something there. Right. right, I haven't identified how to move with it, but there's something there when, when they are saying these things on these records and then in these Instagram posts, and then you sit in front of me and I'm dealing with an audience. You understand? So there's something there, right? And and out of loyalty and respect for my audience, I need them to understand that I do ask you the things that need to be asked.
2: But you know, I so love you know, a, what other comments I love reading, I love when I get comments that are like how the fuck does this 38-year-old white boy know what the fuck is going on? You know, I love those comments of people who are like, answer it, here's your chance!" Damn, turn. he actually fucking understands the yeah. politics of this rapper and this, like, how did, like, that like, that to me means a lot too because I just love people and I love culture and I love music and I love just observing what's going on and I'm not trying to be something I'm not, but at the same time, like, when I know that I'm doing a really good job, I can be reporting on a story that is not the biggest thing. I just interviewed this YouTuber Booba X100 or uh, Booba 100X, sorry, and he he does a lot of. He's a YouTuber and he's young and he's from the fucking streets and he's doing a lot of videos where he's doing shit with all these drill rappers. Which it's actually crazy what he does. He'll play their ops music in front of him and so then these are dangerous this is like a young black kid from the hood and he's making YouTube videos getting mad views doing this and I'm looking at it like bro that's insane like I could never get away with that I would never even want to get away with that if I thought I could get away with that because you really baiting some shit right there I can't believe that the rappers let them let him do that and he's just out here making content like that and uh you know, he. I, I was doing the interview with him, and he's just like astonished, like multiple times in the interview, of like, "Whoa, you're really deep on YouTube that you know what the fuck is going on in New York like that." You know, and I like that's. And see, I see. I really am interested. You know,
1: I, I do see that. Oftentimes, I view you and say. Just based on, like you said, the in-depth interviews you have with like an OJ the Juice man, right? Or some of these guys whose stories may not be known to the masses. So you had to do either some digging or you had to been in attendance. Mm -hmm. One or two things happening, and either one of those things have to lend itself to some sort of respect. So I say, damn, he got to respect the culture. But then on the other side, when Joe Budden said to you, Black culture made you black culture made you a millionaire. You paused almost like did that. Is that the case? And on our side, it's like there's no pause needed there. Mm-hmm. How do you do? You you do understand that black culture made you a millionaire?
2: Well, I think if you look at my channel, it's like what percentage of the interviews are really with rappers or really like you do deeply invested in black culture. culture. There's a lot of it for sure. It's yeah, a lot, but yeah. it's not all. Let's not you know? deal with. I made a lot of fucking money White off people. porn. I made a lot of money off BMX bikes. I made a lot of money off a lot of shit. And now, so for sure. In for a sure. weird way, I do find like that's kind of like, it's, it's, it's kind of like an exaggeration because the reality is, is that I make mad money off everything I touch. But that's because of, right? No jumper is no jumper because of the triple X's. Right.
1: Because of the early little pumps, because of the early, this is why no jumper is what it is. Now, what you did with your business speaks to the acumen, mm-hmm. the business acumen. You pivoted, you got another building, you moved five times, you ran into AD. That's what changed a lot of things. AD brought a culture here as well that gave you an
2: identity outside of the interview. Right, because for a while, No Jumper was just me doing mad interviews, you know? And then I was was trying to, like, build up personalities along with the the no jumper thing and everything. But AD was the first one that we really felt like we had real success with. Like, it was actually like, oh, a lot of people are watching it. A lot of people are invested in figuring out what this guy's like and how you're going to get along with him and everything. And like, oh shit, he can do a show without you and, and people will fuck with it. And then we just kept finding more and more talent like that. So yeah, I mean, I do agree that like, I have a pretty uncanny ability to spot talent when it comes to both rapper, like people that interview as well as like hosts. I definitely think that, and I just, you know, I have a very open mind because a lot of the people who've been brought to the channel, like AD has brought a couple of people to the channel that have been very, very popular and successful, but also it's like, you know, he's brought a bunch of people that I kind of said no to, you know, it's like, but the idea of like, yeah, have I made a lot of money off of black culture? I mean, yeah. To be honest, I've been obsessed with black and, culture and I since I was what, a young child. So yes, it's like, what it kind of makes sense to me, yeah.
1: what is What what feels funny about just saying, yeah, no, the black black culture fucked with me. No, yeah, like, yeah. Like,
2: Triple no. X came and sat with me. I'm not trying to know. deny that in any way. I just feel like it kind of deserves a little bit of clarification because it's like, if I was somebody who could sit here and say that every fucking dollar I ever made was from black culture, then that might be a fucking... What if I uh, said know. bike culture? Right. What if I
1: said... You, you became a millionaire of bike culture. We know that's not the case. We know more right. of our culture than bike culture. Would you have that same feeling about clarifying
2: it then. No, that would just be straight and accurate because I wasn't really making that much money off the bike shit. Right, like, but-, but that was my thing that kept me living for like 10 years before I managed to get into the hip hop shit. And I mean, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, this is this is my thing about it, is that I've seen so many people complaining about me, academics, and Vlad for so fucking long <laughs> and damn near none of them have actually been able to create their own platform and 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 do something that really was able to like you know weaken the businesses that we've built. Now on the other hand, I've seen a lot of people who've been able to basically become very significant media personalities in their own right off of the back of Vlad, off of the back of my shit, etc. So I mean, do do we sometimes make a bunch of money off black culture? Sure. Do we also? constantly put money into the hands of black people by paying them for interviews or giving them shows or, or, you know, all this other stuff. I mean, you got to take that into account too, because somebody like AD will sit here, t will sit here and tell you, Sharp will tell you all these different people of color that I put on the channel. They'll tell you, Adam gave me opportunity when nobody who looks like me was giving it. me an opportunity, you know? And I'm going to be real with you too, though. The fact that they are black to me is very incidental. I really just genuinely like that doesn't, Right. mean that much to me like right. i don't really like look like they're they're black and that's part of their and I'm personality i'm not caught up into that shit right.
1: Either, right i fuck with real i'm right? happy I'm to be- give a
2: white guy an opportunity too it's yeah. not really you know
1: yeah i get that right i respect the fuck out of that um i would argue you don't i would argue either you don't like
2: academics or academics don't like you <laughs> we actually talk a pretty good amount um he says some stuff that people take as like anti no jumper sometimes on his stream or whatever but i don't really i i feel like it's just kind of trolling and fucking around whatever i I've, there's been very few things in recent memory that i've really been like bothered that he said you know well how you feel about what he's saying and what he's saying are two different things mm-hmm.
1: right your emotions may not be attached to what he's saying but the things he's saying ain't things people who liked you would say
2: so what are you referring to
1: i was looking today right you guys had a long conversation. This is old things, mm-hmm. right? But right, I, yeah. I see him now speaking to the to the young guy you have on your platform now, telling him that, you know, uh stick no jumper up and you know, A D gonna run off with the bag. These things affect you business wise, whether you know it or not or wanna act like these things. Good? How? these people make clips off of these things. They're interested. Right. They're amplifying these things or amplifying. and that's what the fans do. Do you think the market ignores that? Well, I do mean... Do you think AD could go anywhere else and be involved in a way that he is at no jump for a price
2: point at that? AD thing? knows that He's free to have conversations with me about money whenever he wants, and that he could talk, he could ask for a raise, he could say that he wants to do this. He could, you know, those conversations are always open. My whole policy with everybody is like, let's just be super transparent about money, about who's going to be able to work to, you know, like I, right. I just I don't shy away from that, and so that's why. And, and honestly, like every time that that's happened, where academics was saying some shit to TRL or, or AD about potentially hiring them or whatever. That always just ends up in a conversation in the group chat about their loyalty to No Jumper and how that's not a temptation to them and how, you know?
1: Bro, but we come on, Adam. Come on, man. I come from this culture. That shit don't mean nothing. A group chat about, man, we loyal to you, fam, Mm -hmm. family. (laughs) <laughs> that shit don't mean So nothing. you really don't
2: believe him, huh? Man,
1: who believes niggas saying anything? But that,
2: that's not... I'm not looking for that kind of loyalty anyway. So because again, if they so, get offered an so amount So guess what it means? If academics offers them twice as much money and I can't pay that and I don't want nobody to, nothing. Go for it. He ain't offering nobody nothing. He's
1: doing it deliberately to affect what you got going on. He's not even... I think he... you're taking it a little
2: bit more serious no, than no, no, anyone no. involved okay, is so taking so it. I me, mean, okay, so listen. He's not taking it that serious. All I'm right. not taking it that serious. AD and T-Rell aren't taking it that serious. I don't even think the fans... Are to that and serious. that's because you guys, and
1: you can't control the narrative with these people. I understand how this works. Listen, people don't say things like the, and then I looked at the conversation, all these things he was saying about your wife, bro.
2: Well, okay. That, that I these am in total agreement, but that was a while ago. We I'm had, we've had some, a lot of conversations yo, about bro. it. But okay, you're trying to convince me I should be mad about some stuff we already got past? I'm not trying to
1: convince you of anything. I'm trying to clarify that you guys are playing this little weird game with each other. Right. Like you like each other, but there's really a situation where he continues to send shots at you, and you continue to ignore it like it doesn't happen. He continues to say, Adam's my little nigga, (laughs) and you continue to act like- it. Did he say that? Man. When when was that? I I don't, like you could, your people will find it, right? And so
2: all I'm saying is- What's your true feelings on academics? Your true feelings. I mean, my true feelings, honestly, are kind of the same as when I came in the game. Because I was looking at his channel when I started my channel. And I thought that what he was doing was incredible. And I would say kind of the same thing now. You know, he's a very good interviewer. He's one of the few rap interviewers I would put in my league. You know, like, there's there's just not that. And in terms of there's interviewing and then there's building a business. So he's done both. Vlad has done both. I think he's a terrible interviewer.
1: And I think. Really? Man, I think praise that's not deserved is satire. And I believe this is satire what you're doing. What? This dude is not a good interviewer. In Why do you opinion. say that? It's a
2: snooze fest. <laughs> really? I don't think in anyone. The
1: south, would- in the in the south, we believe that to be a snooze fest. And maybe I'm what well, may wow. maybe I'm off. Tell me it's yo. You see, I gave you your props. I view this game very, I don't, I'm not I don't biased. don't give that many
2: people that much props on interviews.
1: I know you and don't. And he hasn't been I doing it that long, a, but a, I, I would say he's he's very good. I think you have a fear of academics for some strange reason. <sighs> no, that's not true. I mean, Ma- I, Or maybe he came in with you and knows things. Something is happening. but Anything
2: not- he knows about me, he has put it on Front Street at some point during us friend. having a beef. And that's your friend. Well, you're, so you're telling me that if someone has disrespected me, I should never be able to get past it? No. Okay.
1: Especially if you don't
2: know me and we had no real relationship to begin with. I really shout not out to know the, each other. We've known each other out, for like seven shout years. Shout out to
1: 50 Cent. When he dealt with a situation with the game, somebody I'm getting money with blessed into this game. And then this situation happened that he said, damn, I can't identify what just hold on. I don't know what made that happen. You just was doing all that about my wife and how she like trained. What Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. What did I do to warrant that? And if I can't understand that, I have to think like 50 Cent thought in that moment and say, if I don't know what caused the reaction,
2: I can't be involved in any way. No, I mean, I totally understand what caused that situation. We had a whole thing that played out over a period of time. Okay. And I mean, you know, we got past it. People actually got to see us have the whole patching it up conversation and there's, and been, I respected there, there's that. been other and, and, conversations that took place behind the scenes and everything but you know he's been i've been on his podcast two times he did the whole no jumper show thing with that he hasn't actually done like a formal interview since all that but you know i mean yeah i mean i got I, respect i, I, for I don't what feel you do, any bro. sort of Listen, whatever for you know adam
1: i got respect for what you do behind this mic right. i've studied the entire thing from top to bottom, and I understand exactly where you stand in this, Uh right? I don't think you need these guys. I don't think whatever respect, whatever weird game you're playing where you're not standing on the business as far as Disrespect is disrespect, man, nigga.
2: So you're saying that if I...
3: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke.
4: Every
0: week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next, an author like Min Jin Lee
8: or wherever you get your
1: podcasts.
2: I've ever been disrespected by anybody, then I can't can't no. get over it. We in can't this, pass it up. In this
1: competitive space, I'm not saying that because then I would not be standing for what I understand to be the case of life,
2: which yeah. is growing
1: and elevating. I understand that to be the case. I'm saying unwarranted things happening to me will not be accepted, right? And there's no understanding for things that were not warranted. And for you as me, I'm saying everything that happened to you would act, in my opinion, how far he went was unwarranted.
2: No, totally. I didn't appreciate some of the things he said during all that, for sure. And, I mean, a, a lot of it started because of things that I had said about him that he didn't appreciate or whatever. But we got past it. So. And shout out to y'all relationship. I don't say that to affect that Again, I'm trying to
1: understand, is these little weird games being played in media? Because I come in with the money. Right. My shit on the float, And I got deals everywhere. So right. I come in saying, is the, are they playing this little weird game? Because okay. I know Adam don't need X. And act don't need yeah, Adam. But
2: okay, think about what the game is, is that if you kinda look at where we're both at in terms of the content and everything, it's like it, there are two different ways that you could judge us. Academics can sit on Twitch and talk his shit and it will dominate the fucking headlines. It'll be dominate all over what Twitch. Headlines? I mean, the real headlines in the world on the blogs, whatever. Like he's he's just very he's probably better than anybody else in hip hop at just getting on the mic and saying his opinions about shit and then having it be like controversial enough that everybody fucking talks about it. So you gotta give it to him. For me He is he my, he's relevant in the culture my, I give My you. shit is a little different because I'm not necessarily like we do talk about all the current events You're and a everything. Great interviewer, bro. But but I'll give you an example. When he when takeoff dies, he runs to Twitch to document every last bit of what was going on in the video i didn't even think of that i saw him doing it and i'm like oh that was a pretty good idea i didn't my brain doesn't necessarily i didn't go see there. that being a good idea well i mean content wise he had like fifty thousand viewers so see, at least how, in the moment it was i a think i
1: measuring sticks are different let me ask right. you but dear. but
2: this is what i'm saying is that then at the same time though you look at no jumper and it's like oh there's like 10 hosts on it now the one thing that he hasn't really done is he hasn't really like built up a bunch of hosts under him. And I know that he said that he wants to do that, but he hasn't necessarily, and I understand why he's kind of moving slow on it because it's like, he is able to be so profitable just by being himself on camera. But when he's like saying that shit to T-Roll and AD, I almost take it as like an acknowledgement of like, he sees that I'm building this and he sees that it's a big thing. And he knows that he has to, at some point that that's something that he wants to kind of do as well.
1: Right. And so, you know how many ways it is to acknowledge that without doing it that way? I know you're good at this, so you could do that. Give me your top five hip-hop
2: analysts or, excuse me, media guys. Media guys. Fuck. I mean, interviewers is kind of like. Let's do that. Well, interviewers, I say you got to give me, Vlad, and Ak. Oh, and my
1: God. Why do you keep putting act in this? What, what classic interviews? Give me one.
2: I just got to be real.
1: I can't. Give me one interview.
2: Give I, me I, one quote. Anything. Listen, but I'm not even saying that he give has- Give me one question. Because most of his interviews are on Spotify, where they are not not necessarily allowed to like live on their own on YouTube, whatever. But when I see him do interviews, I consider him one of the best people doing interviews. I'll no, give I, you I, that. I, mean, I can't okay. argue with you. It's about taste, not right. opinion. And, and Vlad, I think, is incredible at what he does. And- I mean, other hip-hop interviewers that I really think that you could put in the top five. That's a really good question because I don't... You know, I like Math Hoffa. I'll give it to Math Hoffa. I think Math has been doing a really great job. I think he deserves uh, near the top of the the totem pole. Okay, you putting Math up there. Shout out. That's big. I like math. Math brings Shout some very good man. stuff to the table. That's Honestly, if I had my YouTube subscriptions open right now, I might be able to look at it and like tell you even more, but I don't know. Right. Um Charlemagne. Gotta give Charlemagne's up there. Yeah, Charlemagne's the goat. It's a little different because he has like two co hosts like a radio thing, but Nah, she's the goat. He's, he's the definitely goat. up there.
1: Yeah. I think uh I see you left Joe off of that. Uh, What's this, your thing with Joe? But
2: Joe doesn't interview many people.
1: What's your thing with Joe? You have anything
2: with Joe? No. Joe Joe's like to, like to me where it's like Joe's came way the better game, at that. At, okay, but, but he barely interviews people, and he would acknowledge that. He does like less than one interview a month. He's interviewing his friends. Well, he talks to his friends, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, with Joe, it's like I came in the game looking up to him. The first time he ever invited me over to chill was mind-blowing. Like, I cannot believe that this dude even wants to be around me in any way. Um, and I, I didn't take – I mean, one thing I think a lot of people miss from the Joe Budden thing is that as soon as that shit ended – everybody's laughing, smiling, patting each other on the back. That's why I'm wondering, is this fake media shit like, is that happening with that? Because that's fake media but shit. But I wouldn't even say it's fake. It's just that it's like an acknowledgement that we all we know what it. we're doing when we're on camera. Yeah, right, right. And, that right. and I have, can agree with that. And, and a lot of people, this is not unique to hip hop because a lot of times, I've heard about like left-wing politicians and right-wing politicians and people who are writers who are left-wing Democrats or right-wing Republicans and they'll be at these conferences and they'll see each other and sometimes they they'll actually say to each other like, oh yeah, we should, we should collab, like we should, we should yell at each other on Twitter. Right, right, right. Or or do a stream or do an interview where we basically just like completely bitch at each other and dehumanize each other. But that's that's like working together. So so the thing with Joe, like there's definitely probably a lot of moments where you could look at that in isolation and be like, damn, this motherfucker hates Adam. But the and and actually even in that interview there's one point where he was saying like you are this like you are such you're a culture vulture. And I'm like, that's not true because you fuck with me. I'm like you fuck with me. I know you love me. And that's and that's why I know you're just kind of, you're sort of kind of trolling right here in the interview, and he, it wasn't even like he really. And see that that, that,
1: that, that fake media shit is weird to me, right? Or i listen, I'm here to get some information. I think that's where right. my tipping point is. Like, what are they doing? They're faking it, and then they acting like oh, I got some smoke for you, and then they ain't really trying to figure it out. Because you, in my opinion, you did extremely well Thanks. in that position.
2: But the thing is, is that the best podcasts are kind of like your best friends where it's like, you know, your closest homie, you could be at the bar or you could be at a restaurant or you could just be hanging out. You could have a, a two hour argument about whether and it's, it's a great piece of content, whether it's about, right. But even off camera, I'm saying like, whether it's about, Oh, this guy beat up his bitch. And then this happened. And, and that and there, they, he should have done this and he should have done this or whatever. Or it could be some shit that's more lighthearted, like, Oh, you know, some relationship shit, whatever. You could have a two, three-hour argument where you're calling each other names and you're screaming on each other and getting super into it, and then at the end of it, you're still just friends, right? Right. And that's kind of like, even though I barely fucking know the other guys on the Joe Budden podcast besides Joe, that's kind of how it felt. It was like, hell yeah, we just did like, we just made some dope content. Realistically, we pretty much believe everything we said, but also, fuck yeah, let's go outside and smoke and a that, cigarette. Let's chill, like dope. who cares? That's you know? dope, yeah. right?
1: I just had Ma alone, and he said a lot about oh, Joe. Hmm. Um, and and his business practices and things like that. How do you feel about how Joe has ran his business over the years?
2: Well, it seems like it could leave a little bit to be desired. I mean, uh, Maul and Rory walked out of there pretty unhappy, and I definitely felt like watching that play out made me do a lot of thinking about what I was going to have to do in order to keep No Jumper solid, you know? Mm. And I feel like... The biggest shit that it seems like Maul and and Joe or Mall and rory were unhappy about was basically the lack of transparency. The fact that they didn't feel like they had like full access to like what they were being paid or how how they should be paying paid, etc. And like you know that shit is super insulting to a creative for sure. Yes. Like you know like everybody, even if you are a one percent partner in a business and you're, you're making way less than everybody else involved, it's like, you still want to know what the fuck your 1% looks like. That's right. just like being yeah, a human period. being, being yeah, a man. Yeah, you yeah, want to know sure. what you're, you for know. sure. And so, I mean, with that, I feel like that's super understandable, and that's a big part of why I always try to, approach everybody on the team about money about whatever like let's just be super straight up with each other right so and i think that it just involves being very very human like when we're in the group chat and sometimes we'll we'll there'll be a big fucking argument going on in the morning or somebody will be saying something crazy that i don't like i don't agree with i got to take a breath and think i'm not gonna dive in right here and say shit that i can't take back or say the wildest shit that i could think of in my head the meanest shit that i could think of that's gonna hurt somebody's feelings whatever it's like no i got to I got to like try to be the grown up in the room more often than not. And yes, I got to stand on my shit and if I really feel a certain type of way. But one thing that I have gotten a lot better at is like if I got a problem with somebody in the group chat, well, I'm going to fucking text them separately. Exactly. I'm not going to do it in front of an audience in the group chat because exactly. I feel like that's a lot le- like if if AD said something or or also I try to really like Okay, last night there was a bunch of people saying, "Oh, AD said this and that about you on stream, and he's being messy and he's being disloyal, yada yada." And I'm starting to see it, and I'm starting to mm, oh, like, man. I'm starting to feel like, "What the fuck does this motherfucker say?" And I even thought about texting him before I fucking he watched even knew it. knew it. Yeah. And then I hop on YouTube and I watch the full 35 minute video, and I'm like, it what I, I don't mean, fucking. It's, it's yeah. nothing. It's like it's, it's like there's like one moment in the whole thing, and it wasn't even something he said where I was like. I, I didn't like that one thing, right? Right, right. But it's also right, like right. you know, and I owe him that to exactly. not just jump exactly. on the, the, the narrative. For that, sure, that's you know, your guy. Yeah, yeah. Right. And but, but, see, but sometimes that's it's pressure. easy to just believe the yeah, comment no, section before pressure. you even dig in. Man, that's pressure, brother. Because it takes you two minutes to read a hundred comments, and it'll take you an hour or two hours to, to watch the full podcast. In, yeah, right? you say no? his
1: perspective. Say, hey, man, who you talking about like that? Yeah. You run with that, right? Yeah. Um, I, I remember you said because in over there with Joe that Joe was hard to work with. You believe that?
2: I mean, it would appear from, like, the way that things went with Spotify that that he was not maybe the easiest person to work with with that. When you see how the complex thing went down. I mean, there's just a lot of different type of people in terms of business. Joe's somebody who he sees what's going on. He's paying very close attention. He's extremely aware of what he thinks he's worth, even if sometimes he's kind of, like, maybe exaggerating what he's worth, you know, and it's, like, with the complex shit, fuck, I, I forget the exact numbers, but I think it was something, like, Ac was getting like, like maybe they were both getting like ten or twenty thousand a month. I wish I could remember the exact things. And Ac was chilling. Ac wasn't like asking for more money, even though like the shit was going pretty good on Complex, right? right. When they were doing the Everyday Struggle yeah, yeah, thing, it was popping. And Joe pretty much was like, "I want you know two, three times as much, and I want like this percentage ownership or whatever of of the the brand partnerships. Like you know if they got a Nike deal, he wanted to have part of it. And I wish I could remember the exact numbers." Right. But, you know, then in comparison, Ack was kind of just like looking at it in a different way where he was thinking, I'm on Complex. I'm getting my face out there more. This is like earlier in his career. He's right. thinking, I'm going to just rock out with this for a couple of years and I'm not necessarily thinking about like demanding the most money right away. It didn't take Joe very long to be like, yo, I, I want a lot Up, more money. Yeah, yeah. Which I respect Joe doing that. He was starving. Though. but But – yeah, but and then at the same time, when you think of Agg, it's like acts kind of like seeing the value of building a relationship with complex, long term, yeah. and he's Ak wasn't
1: starving. Ag come in with the YouTube money, you know? Joe starving, push
2: up with the star. His money might not have been great, man, at that man. I moment. know it wasn't great, uh, man. He's he's kind of said that. Yeah, he's kind of said yeah, that as that well. Yeah. yeah. So that's just that's just what it is. So it's it's two different ways to approach it, you know. And I'm I'm like that too, where it's like, listen, I could get brand deals all day for let's let's say ten thousand dollars. And then I could also be like, no, I'm not doing a brand deal unless I get 30,000. Right. And then maybe I only get to do a couple of brand deals here exactly. and there, right? Instead you know, of, or, instead of piping the business yeah, up. Yeah, or you you know, or you could just kind of like keep your rate a little bit more moderate and just keep getting to do the shit, you know. It's it's very right. much a decision for each person, I think. So so when you
1: think that when you when you say Joe was hard to work with what do you say to people who say you're hard to work with because i've seen what i've worked with nobody <laughs> well i've have seen what they're saying that you have an issue with with people speaking about what happens on the compound or or here mm. no jumper on their streams i would i would identify that as being
2: overzealous, no, overreaching. The, the thing I was doing there was really just trying to, because, okay, one thing about my platform that's different than a lot of platforms is if you look at something like Barstool Sports, they they will give you a deal. They'll say, here's your, your check for the year or for the month or whatever, and this is how much money you're getting, and you're doing content, you're doing this podcast with us, and you ain't really doing anything else outside of this. Like, you, you could do whatever the fuck you want, but you can't really be on camera outside of this, right? So my thing was, from when we started this, I wasn't thinking, like, oh, I'm going to lock it ad up in a contract i'm gonna lock t up in a contract so that they can't do shit outside of there so as a result a lot of them have started their own streams and shit and some of them are having real success some of them it's kind of whatever but like damn near like half the hosts on the platform probably more than half and a bunch of people who work here they all got their own different thing and to me i don't really see a stream or a podcast as being all that different from having your own instagram or having a tiktok or whatever the fuck it is so that's not something that i've felt the need to be like extremely controlling about But the one thing that I brought up was basically that I felt like a lot of people on our team were kind of like taking the incentives that are right there of, oh, you can make content about your friends and talk shit about your friends and fucking get into messy ass shit about your friends. And they were letting that get in the way of them just being good friends. And I brought an example to the table. I said like, listen, look at all the crews that we look at in hip hop that we respect how they move. I'm going to bring up TDE as an example. I feel like Probably over the years, there's been some times where Kendrick had some animosity towards somebody on the team or schoolboy right. Q not getting along with somebody or the manager. At the, you know, They're not getting along. There's, there's shit going on behind the scenes, right? right. I'm sure. I don't right. even need somebody to tell me. I just no. know that there's been drama. Makes we sense. We don't know about it. Fucking QC, Migos, whatever. There's crazy amounts of shit Shout going on behind P. the That's scenes. That's my brother. For sure. But, I mean, even just the Migos along. I mean, clearly there's been recipes take off. But clearly before- IP takeoff. i I'm sorry. RP takeoff. Rest off. in peace to take off. RP, brother. But before all that even, I mean, clearly there was drama going on. We didn't know about it because they're not coming out and talking about it. I was just telling my team, I want us to move more like that. If you have a problem with me, come talk to me. Don't go on the stream and say, oh, I think Adam kind of might be doing this. Even if you feel like you're kind of joking or you feel like it's it's for content, it's funny or whatever, it's like, and, and there's a lot of stuff that they could talk about with me that I don't give two fucks. But when it's stuff that kind of gets a little bit serious... So like,
1: it ain't the fact that they're making content. It's the no, things no. that... It's the stirring of the the, the 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 pot that you're seeing.
2: Right. I feel like, if anything, I deserve a lot of credit for being so open-minded and telling them to go get their money. Last night, I was on t stream with him and his girl and his homie That's Smack dope. for three hours. That's so dope. just went, pulled up, supported That's them, dope. did the whole thing. That's dope. Yeah, just because just I fuck with him doing his own thing, That's and dope, I want to huh? support that. So I don't, like... My only thing about it was that sometimes I got to jump in there and be like, "Listen, we ain't moving right," and right. I and I, yeah. because think and I about it, get that. I because Kendrick that. or Schoolboy Q. Now, granted, like they all got enough money, they ain't really incentivized by shit. But I mean, they know they could be in the headlines. They know they could have some viral YouTube clips if they were talking shit about each other. But they don't do it, right? You know, Quavo could have had a five million view YouTube right. video if he wanted to make yeah, a yeah, video yeah. saying, "This is why me and Offset don't yeah, get along." Yeah. But they don't do it. That's why I was saying to my team was like, "Let's move." More as a unit. And like, and and there's been a lot of stuff like that, even where I've told people like, hey, I, I can't really fuck with you if you fucking with this person that I look at as an op. And we have a real conversation about it and we decide that we're going to move differently. We're going to not... We're not gonna like just go fuck with different people that that we don't fuck with. We gotta like move a little bit differently, or at least that's how I want to move as a unit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the truth is, is that I could get a lot of fucking views talking about everybody else's drama. That is for sure. We're gonna get less drama. We're gonna have less views talking about each other because a lot of us are not as huge well. You as may, people, right? You may get less,
1: but they may get,
2: yeah,
1: and that's shows, where it becomes yeah. unfair, right? And right. I wonder. Why don't you feel like it's a workaround, like it's a marketing tool? Why do you feel like it stops there? Right, that narrative doesn't continue to bring those viewers back to No Jumper.
2: Is there any credence to that? You lend any credence to the workaround? But see, that's the thing: is that bringing viewers to No Jumper is cool and everything. But ultimately, I think us moving in a respectable way is a lot more important. And that's your right to say because we have to ignore the incentives. Because, like, think about what my life would be like if I just followed the incentives. That's
1: dope. That's good
2: game. If I followed. The incentives listen maybe this interview comes out and i think to myself you know what i could get a million views i'm gonna make a youtube video saying fuck this dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like that really might work yeah but i'm a piece of shit if yeah. i do that you know sure. if i got a problem with you i should call you or text yeah. you or whatever yeah. the fuck it is you sure. know so it's like that's one thing i think a lot of people sometimes who get into rap or, or have a hard time or get into making content about rap or whatever sometimes have a hard time realizing is like Give up the short-term value for the long-term brand building of being a good person.
1: That's good game, game, man. They need to soak that up. I appreciate you, man. Um, I'm coming by. I know you're a busy man. You know, so uh, another episode, man. It's up there, podcast. Get that game. Do something with it, Adam22. Just get it.
2: Appreciate you, man. Good times. Yeah.
4: A licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
6: The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God.